In this episode of Locked On Capitals, the Washington Capitals do not extend a qualifying offer to Ilya Samsonov, leaving the Capitals with zero NHL quality netminders. What does this all mean? Let's talk about that next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. So head on over to YouTube and check that out. My name is Dan Holman. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So, in some crazy news today, the Washington Capitals did not extend a qualifying offer to Ilya Samsonov. That means that the Washington Capitals have zero netminders uh, on the team. Zero NHL-quality netminders on the team. As we know, Vitek Vanacek got traded to the New Jersey Devils, and in a surprising move, I've got to say, the Washington Capitals did not extend a qualifying offer to Ilya Samsonov. What does that all mean? We'll talk about that in tonight's show. And then who are the Washington Capitals going to go after on Wednesday? Are they going to go after two goalies or are they going to see what they have in AHL Hershey? We'll talk about that later in the show. And then in the final segment, we are going to talk about what other plans do the Washington Capitals have on Wednesday free agency day. So just let's get it going here. Like I say, the Washington Capitals in a surprising move do not extend a qualifying offer to Ilya Samsonov. I did not see this in a million years. I thought that the Washington Capitals would have at least gone with Vitek Vanacek or Ilya Samsonov. You know, like I talked about, I, th- I said, ultimately, I thought that the Capitals would go after um, or go with Ilya Samsonov. But as it turns out, they went with neither of them. So I think that ultimately what that showed to the you know Brian McClellan and what Brian McClellan showed to all the Capitals fans is that he wasn't happy with what he saw in net either. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting times for this Washington Capitals team as we go into uh, this upcoming season with zero netminders uh, on the big team. So to be clear here, it is always possible that Ilya Samsonov could re-sign with the Capitals for a less amount of money. But ultimately, I think that the Washington Capitals um, are going to move on from Ilya Samsonov. And, uh, you know, this this is a team that has struggled with consistency uh, this last season. And, uh, you know, uh, together they got 100 wins between them. But inconsistency would be the theme for uh, Vanacek and Samsonov. So what Brian McClellan is showing to, you know, the fans and what he's showing us to the team is enough is enough. We saw what we have in Vanacek and Samsonov. We need to move on to bigger and better things. So the question at hand now is that we know that the Washington Capitals are going to go out and seek that number one marquee name netminder, whoever that may be. 
There are some big names out there linked to the Washington Capitals. Of course, I've talked about Darcy Kemper. Um, I've talked about uh, Allen coming to the team. Um, I've talked about perhaps Gibson getting traded to the team. It's, it will remain to be seen what the Washington Capitals do on Wednesday. I think it will be an eventful day. Uh, one thing you'll want to do is turn your notifications on for Locked On Capitals. I'll keep you guys updated all day. But in general, also keep your updates up on for uh, Elliot Friedman, uh, Mark, uh, or excuse me, um, Darren Dreger, those kind of insiders, because I think you're going to see the Washington Capitals very, very busy on Wednesday. So the question remains is who is going to be that number two netminder on this team? Um, I have heard a lot of chatter on Twitter saying that the Washington Capitals are now going to have to go after two netminders. Um, I ultimately don't know if that's the case. I think that this Washington Capitals team is a team that is on a budget and they have to keep under the cap. And I think that ultimately, I think that, you know, like I've talked about, I said, I think that the training camp for the Washington Capitals this fall is going to be like none other. There's going to be a lot of positions and a lot of players opting for jobs, and it's going to be a battle. Uh, there's going to be a lot of young players fighting for jobs. But in this episode, what we're talking about is net minding and my contention, my my belief is that ultimately the Washington Capitals uh, for the number two will end up going with Fukale. Um, and then, you know, Phoenix Copley's a little bit uh, complicated because of his status. He could leave uh, the Washington Capitals um, because his contract is up. And then, of course, you have Hunter Shepard in the mix there. So, um, you know, a lot of the different things that I'm hearing online is that, you know, Zach Fukale isn't really a proven commodity. He only has a handful of NHL games under his belt. But if you can pick up that one elite level um, netminder, you know, someone that can carry the bulk of the mail, then I think that there's a little bit of flexibility with that number two. I think that ultimately the Washington Capitals do not want to spend a lot of money on a number two um, netminder. And I think they proved that today. And uh, kind of the sentiment out there is that the Washington Capitals did not want to pay Ilya Samsonov what he was due in a backup role. And, uh, you know, and it would be it would be different if it was, you know, a really great backup netminder. But let's be honest with you, Ilya Samsonov had flashes of greatness this last season. And flashes of greatness is not good enough Um to get paid that kind of money. You know, I think that ultimately the Washington Capitals uh, may go outside of the organization or they may give a Fukale a, a shot. It really remains to be seen. But I think that, you know, change, and I, you know, I talked about this all uh, last season and I talked about it this off season is that there is going to be big changes. And I think you may see big changes throughout the lineup. But like I say, in this episode, we'll concentrate on the net minding. But where are the Capitals going to go for net mining on Wednesday? I think it is going to be most interesting um, on who they pick up for number one and number two. Um, like I say, I don't think that they'll end up going out there and spending a ton on a backup goalie. So I think that, you know, there is a possibility out there that the Washington Capitals will just, uh, they'll see what they have in Fukale or, you know, it's a long shot, but maybe even Shepard. And if one of those guys rises to the surface, um, then maybe they'll be the backup. You know, I know that Copley's contract is up, but there is also the possibility that, you know, ultimately the Capitals know what they have in Copley, that perhaps they'll just give get him on the cheap, you know, tell him, hey, you know, you're going to take this cut deal, but th with this cut deal, you'll get a chance to be the backup on the big team, the, the Caps. So I think that, uh, you know, it's going to be some interesting days ahead, but, you know, this is change. And this is what I talked about. And I think this is good for this team. 
because this is a team in transition. And, you know, despite, you know, what you hear a lot of people say, you know, we got to stick with these veterans, you know, we got to be all in on these veterans. I think that, you know, change is inevitable. This is a team that needs to get younger and faster. If you take a look at the injuries, this is an aging core. You saw drop-offs from Lars Eller um, and Nick Backstrom's injury. So age is apparent. So I think that even in the net mining department, it's a good idea to you know pick up a veteran uh, as a number one. You don't need to get an old veteran as a number one, but someone like a Darcy Kemper, someone like a John Gibson, someone like that who still has some tread on the tire uh, that can go out there and really help this Washington Capitals team. And I got to be honest, I'm very happy that they are making this change. I'm a bit surprised. You know, as I talked with Andrew Gillis last uh, summer, actually about last month, I said, you know, it, it would be a strange thing if they lost both or, uh, you know, they walked away from both netminders since they're both RFAs. But alas, that is, you know, is what's going to happen here unless something strange happens and Ilya Samsonov is willing to take a cut rate deal. You are going to see two different netminders for the Caps next season. And I think that's what the doctor ordered. I think that they, they really need to get... Um, you know, that big marquee number one netminder, and then just go out there and um, and see if there is a cheap option at number two. And if not, just see what you have in AHL Hershey and kind of move ahead from that. Because, uh, you know, if you're spending all that money on the number one, I don't think it would be very prudent uh, to go out there and spend a ton of money on a backup uh, as well. All right, so after the break here, we will continue to talk about this crazy day for the Washington Capitals, because let's get real. This is a little crazy what they're doing. They cut ties with both of their netminders. It, uh, it boggles my mind, to be honest with you. All right, we'll talk a little bit more about this crazy day with the Washington Capitals. But first... From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the puffs treatment. That's right, the Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor you love and a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy, fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen. They are good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are the only here for a limited time. Go to built.com now to make sure you don't miss out. They are going fast because they taste amazing. And let me tell you, these are a fan favorite. These are a family favorite around my house. I actually had some of these laying around the house and my kids are like, get us more of these. These are so delicious. They don't taste like a protein bar or anything like that. They actually kind of taste really good. It's something that the kids like too. So that's something to consider. All Bilt Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of healthy benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. The best part about Bilt Puffs is, of course, they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they're actually good for you. They're the perfect treat, perfect whether you're, you've got a craving, you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or if you need a quick, healthy snack, they are an excellent source of protein. Delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Go to Built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk Built Puffs right now. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at Built.com. 
All right, welcome back to this edition of Locked On Capitals. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. And what we're going to continue to talk about is this crazy and, let's be honest, unexpected day for the Washington Capitals as they cut ties with both of their netminders. Um, you know, I kind of thought that, you know, it'd be a possibility, but I thought it was a remote possibility. But the Washington Capitals have, in fact, cut ties with Vitek Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov. As we know, Vitek Vanacek was traded to New Jersey uh, last Friday. And then today we hear the news that Ilya Samsonov was not given a qualifying offer. So, wow, changes are afoot for this Washington Capitals team. And uh, in this athletic article here, I'm going to tell you what he, Tarek El-Bashir, is saying here. And then I'll tell you my thoughts on it. In a surprise move, the Capitals opted not to qualify Ilya Samsonov. That means the 25-year-old who drafted in the first round in 2015 will become an unrestricted free agent when the market opens Wednesday. It also means the Caps do not have an NHL caliber goalie on their roster. The team dealt Vitek Vanacek to New Jersey for draft picks Friday. The decision does not qualify Samsonov was mostly a financial one. According to a league source, Evolving Hockey uh, projects, projects, excuse me, Samsonov's next deal to be two years at slightly more than $3 million per season. Internally, the belief was the Russian might command as much as $3.5 million per season, particularly if the team took him to arbitration. Uh, so, you know, that is kind of what I'm talking about is that the Washington Capitals do not want to get deep. Uh, in a backup goalie. And that is what Ilya Samsonov was going to be as a backup goalie. And, uh, you know, I think that the ultimately the Washington Capitals have some something up their sleeve. I think that there is some real smoke with that fire with Darcy Kemper or John Gibson out there. And I think that, uh, in fact, one of them will be joining the team on Wednesday. Washington's decision makers also considered Alexander Gorgiev's new contract. On Sunday, the 26-year-old signed a three-year extension with Colorado that will average $3.4 million. And uh, that's an in interesting situation out there in Colorado as well. It's kind of an interesting situation that uh, the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup and they cut ties with Darcy Kemper. Why did they cut ties with Darcy Kemper is because he was due for a raise. So ultimately, they cut bait with him and they ended up signing Gorgiev, um, a really great talent from the New York Rangers, who was uh, Shesterkin's backup. So I think that, um, you know, good for uh, Gorgiev. You know, he was another netminder that I talked about earlier in the season that I thought might be a good fit for the Capitals. But uh, it looks like he has bright futures uh, in Denver. So good on him for, for getting a good deal there. Because the always cap-conscious Capitals were already in the market for an established number one goalie, it was not feasible in their view to pay a starter, say, $6 million per and a backup $3 million to $3.5 million, particularly not one who's been inconsistent as Sam Sonoff. And, uh, you know, I agree with Tarek's assessment there. Uh, like we've talked about, inconsistency was the theme with the Washington Capitals netminders this last season. And uh, change is what was needed and change is what we will get. Last season, Sam Sonoff posted a .896 save percentage, which ranked 35th among goalies who appeared in at least 35 games. And although he had Vanacek each appeared in 39 contests, Vanacek started opening night and game one of the 
playoffs. Could Samsonov lower his salary requirements in return, perhaps, but feels unlikely at this point. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, if Ilya Samsonov is going to come back to this team, he is going to have to take a deep discount. Now, let's kind of just take a look at Ilya Samsonov. This is the Ilya Samsonov that um, had that UTV accident, missed substantial time. This is the Ilya Samsonov that had that party at his hotel room with the other uh, Russian players. And guess what? Kuznetsov ended up getting COVID. And uh, so, you know, there is just some maturity issues with Ilya Samsonov. There's the uh, the issues in the fact that he... Um, you know, he was inconsistent this last season. He had flashes of greatness, but ultimately was not as advertised. So I think the Capitals are ultimately making the right decision, even though at the you know particular time right now, it seems a bit of a head scratcher, um, unless, you know, there's probably stuff going on behind the scenes that we do not know about. What appears more likely is that Samsonov's time as Washington's goalie of the future has come to an end and general manager Brian McClellan will go into free agency looking for a starter and a backup. And I guess that is where me and Tarek uh, differ on that. I think that um, they will go into um, free agency looking for a starter and a backup, but I think that ultimately they will um, go with uh, Fukale or someone like that uh, from AHL. Perhaps, you know, they can get Copley on the cheap. You know, like I said, like they were talking about earlier earlier in that article there, they do not want to spend a lot of money for a number one netminder and then spend a lot of money for a backup netminder, which let's be honest, sometimes those guys don't get a lot of playing time, especially if the netminder they get is the number one, um, you know, is a good netminder and can carry a bulk of the mail. Why a backup? Longtime farmhand Phoenix Copley is a pending unrestricted free agent, and the only other goalie with pro experience in the organization is Zach Fukale. Um, who has all of four games of NHL experience. But, you know, and I've kind of been banging the drum for Zach all uh, last season, as we talked about. I think that, you know, he had those three shutouts for Hershey, consecutive shutouts. And then he, you know, when he did play for the Washington Capitals, save that one game, he actually played really well. And, you know, this is, you know, kind of a similar situation where a Braden Holtby got his start, you know, where it was based on injury and just, you know, not a real proven commodity. But, you know, he's making the most of his opportunity. I think the Capitals would be smart. Um, and giving like Zach, you know, if you're asking me right now, what would you do if you're putting your GM hat on? Okay, fits pretty well. What I what I would do is I would give Zach his opportunity as the backup on the Washington Capitals because I think like you know they were talking about if they go out there and they get a Darcy Kemper or they get a John Gibson or you know fill in the blank with whatever big free agent there is out there they are going to want to save money and I think that Fukale could be a reasonable backup. And uh, I think that, you know, the Washington Capitals, in fact, may go in that direction. So where do the Caps go from here? It begins with acquiring a starter. Colorado's Darcy Kemper, fresh off a Stanley Cup championship, figures to be the top unrestricted free agent available. Evolving hockey pegs Kemper's next deal at six years and $6.3 million per season. You know, and uh, I, I got to say, you know, I like Darcy Kemper. I'm not crazy about the term and the price, to be honest with you. Um, Darcy Kemper is a goalie that, um, you know, obviously he got the the avalanche to win a Stanley Cup. But that there was also some elite level players playing in front of Darcy. 
So is it a real accurate, um, you know, reflection of who he is? I remember him playing on the Minnesota Wild and he was, you know, a pretty good goalie, but he wasn't elite, if you ask me. And then, of course, he got his start with the Coyotes. So, you know, I think that uh, Camper would be an upgrade. Don't get me wrong, but, you know, the term is what worries me and the price is what worries me on it. And I know, I know, I know what you're going to say. If you get that elite level goaltender, you're going to have to spend a lot of money but is Darcy Kemper worth that kind of money? That is the question. That is the question that the Washington Capitals are going to have to answer. Are they going to want to shell out that kind of money for a netminder that had one, let's face it, one really breakout season? Those are some tough questions for the Caps to have to answer. All right, so after the break here, we are going to continue to talk about this crazy day of the Washington Capitals. What changes um, are afoot for the Washington Capitals and net. And then what are the big things that we should expect on free agency day on Wednesday? We'll talk about that after the break. All right. Welcome back to this edition of Locked On Capitals. My name is Dan Holney. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So, in this edition, we are talking about this crazy uh, day for the Washington Capitals, again, as they have cut ties with both of their netminders. It is something very unorthodox and something that you don't see very often, but this is a message to everyone. This is Brian McClellan saying, a message sent, message received, we all heard you did not like our netminding tandem. Guess what? Get out of here. And that's what he did. So I got to respect uh, Brian McClellan for doing that because, you know, I kind of gave him some grief uh, in this offseason. I talked about if he's on the hot seat. And, uh, you know, I've talked to some different podcasters and different uh, beat writers for the Capitals, and most of them have his back. They said, Dan, don't worry about it. He will do the right thing. And uh, I'm starting to agree with him. And, you know, I never disliked Brian McClellan, but I was a little bit worried with his decision-making skills when it came to the netminding. But now when the rubber meets the road, Brian McClellan is doing the right thing, uh, I think. Anyway, I guess it remains to be, be seen what he does on Wednesday, but I like his attitude that, uh, you know, he's saying enough is enough. We saw what we have in Sam Sonoff and Vanacek the, these last two seasons. We are ready for a change. This is a team whose window's closing. We're in win-now mode, yada, yada, yada. So that's what, the, what he did. He made a bold statement by cutting both of the netminders on the caps. And uh, it, it's going to turn out to be quite an interesting Wednesday. Rest assured of that. So the Athletics peer LeBron on Monday tweeted that he believes the Caps are the front runner for 32-year-old Kemper, who has a career record of 153, 98, and 37 to go along with a .917 save percentage and a 2.49 goals against average while, while suiting up for Minnesota, Los Angeles, Arizona, and Colorado. Last season with the Avalanche, the 6'5", 215-pound veteran went 37-12-4 with a 0.921 save percentage and a 2.54 goals against average and five shutouts. In the run to the cup, he posted a 10-3-1 record and a 0.902 save percentage and a 2.57 goals against average. So just taking a look at his stats and his record, not bad. But, you know, like I've said before, you can have the greatest goalie in the world, and if you play on a poor team, he's going to play poor. 
Conversely, you can have an okay to good goalie play on a team that is really good. Take the Avalanche, for example, and it's going to make him look like an all-star. So who is Darcy Kemper ultimately? Who is Darcy Kemper on the Washington Capitals? Is that going to be the same Kemper on the Capitals that he was on the Avalanche? I really think it's going to depend upon what else Brian McClellan does. Is How well is he going to help shore up the defense? Because you can have the greatest netminder in the world, and if you have poor defense in front of him, he's not going to he's going to falter. He's going to fail. So I think there's a lot of questions that remain uh, about uh, if they do get someone like a Darcy Kemper, who are you know what else is Brian McClellan going to do to solidify the defense in front of a Darcy or a John Gibson? Um, those are some quest- tough questions to answer. It's also possible Toronto's Jack Campbell will reach free agency. And if that happens, he would probably be the next best option available. Evolving Hockey projects his new contract to come in at six years and 5.7 mil per season. Indeed, it's a thin market for goalies this summer, and it's complicated by the fact that there are more teams looking for help in net than quality options. So if you're looking at Puckpedia, uh, of the five, of the remaining UFA goalies, only five had a save percentage over .902. So they have Lindgren, Kemper, Comrie, Campbell, and Holpe, who is injured. So the options for the Washington Capitals are pretty slim, I got to say. So I think that the Capitals are going to have to be aggressive and pursue a Kemper or a trade with Gibson in Anaheim if they're going to get that elite level goalie that they're looking for. And I know, I don't know if Kemper is elite, but at this point he is one of the top uh, guys available. And, you know, we can only go with what's available out there. And um, it's, it's fixing to be, you know, a Kemper, um, uh, a Kemper. It's going to be a a John Gibson, uh, someone like that. So it's going to be, it's going to be tough, but I think that the Capitals are going to have to be aggressive in going after one of these netminders because you know, uh, the Maple Leafs are going to be aggressive, uh, but as we had learned earlier today, there was a trade with the Ottawa Senators that sent Murray to uh, the, the Maple Leafs. So, you know, that is an interesting situation for the Maple Leafs as well. They were getting a little bit desperate up there as well. And, uh, you know, the interesting thing about the Maple Leafs is they are pretty much an all-star team except for a netminder. So how, uh, you know, how is that Maple Leafs team going to be with Murray on the team? I guess that remains to be seen. Murray hasn't had a standout season for some time, but it's not an accurate litmus test because he's played for guess who? The Ottawa Senators, which aren't exactly perfection on ice. So, um, you know, is Murray going to to play a lot better in Toronto? I guess that remains to be seen. So the amount of teams that are out there actively pursuing goalies is getting smaller. So the Washington Capitals should be the front runner for one of these big candidates that are out there. So a Darcy Kemper, you know, if you, like I talked about John Gibson, but, you know, I, I would like to think that, you know, if someone like Kemper has not signed by this point, maybe there is, you know, like I talked about earlier, um, I had some inside information as far as uh, Kemper and the Washington Capitals. We'll see if that has proven to be true. But, uh, you know, it's a bit curious if it's not true or, you know, say, that, you know, that there was a totally crazy idea that why wouldn't Toronto have picked up Kemper? You know, I mean, I think they have money to spend up there. So I think that, you know, there is more and more of a magnetism of having Kemper come to the Capitals. I think that ultimately that will be one of the things that we hear about earlier on Wednesday. And of course, I'll have you covered on Locked On Capitals. But 
I would expect that to see, um, that's my take on it. I would expect to see uh, Darcy Kemper uh, sign with the Washington Capitals uh, earlier in the day um, on Wednesday. I think, what is it, actually noon that they can officially do it? So uh, it would probably be right around noon then, I guess, that something like that would happen. But um, I think that that is what's going to happen just based on all this positioning uh, that's going out there, going on with the team where they cut ties with both of their netminders. you got to think that, you know, Brian McClellan has something big up his sleeve. Otherwise, those are some kind of um, crazy moves to, to make. And if you looked at him at the draft, you know, he was talking and, you know, he was really getting kind of put to the fire about the net minding situation. He had kind of a calm demeanor to him and kind of almost a small grin on his face like, you guys don't know what's going on, but you will on Wednesday and I'm going to look really smart again. So, um, you know, my faith is um, is getting to grow more and more in Brian McClellan. Not that it never wasn't. I was just kind of really... Um, upset, shall we say, about, you know, how he handled the net mining situation this last season. But I think that ultimately, you know, he does have a deal in the works. And I know people say, well, you can't have a deal in the works. But if you talk and you listen to the NHL network and you listen to the people in the league and the people that know, there are certain communication channels um, where you can talk to agents and that kind of thing. So I think that ultimately there is something to Kemper coming to the Washington Capitals and uh, again, I, th I think we'll probably hear about that uh, earlier in the day. So thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On Experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. So in this next episode tomorrow, we are going to talk about you know, the training camp that's going on, the little mini camp that's going on, unless something else breaks like this. i uh, got to be honest with you, I had a different plan written up for tonight's show. But uh, later in the day, I heard about uh, the Capitals cutting ties with Ilya Samsonov and not giving him a qualifying offer. So everything is kind of fluid at this moment. You know, I have plans for that being the theme of tomorrow's show. But you know, I think the changes are going to continue to keep rolling in for this Capitals team. So stay tuned to Locked On Capitals as I have you covered through these interesting summer months here as the Washington Capitals are beginning to gear up for next season. All right. Thanks you once again for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. And I'll talk to you again tomorrow.